Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, we wanted to continue a little bit with our Montana State conversation. We heard from Isaiah Fonse in the last segment. We haven't really talked a ton about this game today. And we talked yesterday about Albany is is better than you think that they are. I mean, look, any, any playoff team is going to be a good football team, okay. But, you know, within the, within the cast system that is the 24-team tournament, Albany is a good football team. And, they, you know, we got to talk uh, to their quarterback, uh, uh, undercuffler yesterday, and, and a guy that I was sort of, I, I, I was really drawn to him and kind of his, obviously his numbers are outstanding, but just sort of his disposition as a freshman at that position to be a leader, but also know who you are a little bit and go in and do what he's done has been very impressive. And they're going to have, I think they're going to be able uh, to move the ball and score some points in the game on Saturday. But you and I both agree that the type of defense, not that there's a, there's, there's a lot of really good players. Like you said, was it a, a 90? 92 tackles for loss. 92 TFLs for this team. That's amazing. TFLs demonstrate a certain aggressiveness that you play out with de- uh, defensively, but also a certain style. And this is a team that has given up Albany, the, the Great Danes, some yards in the run game in order to get some tackles for loss in the in the pass game or in you know in maybe some of the the east west run game and all that and they do a lot of stunting a lot of twisting a lot of as you say post snap motion on the defensive side and teams that have done that including Montana to Montana State have paid the price on the ground and Montana State who's already the best rushing team in the Big Sky Conference has has really 
been able to move the ball at will against teams that do that. And that is something that, you know, until you show that it that it, it can be stopped, you go, yeah, I'm going to ride with the Montana State run game when I look at this matchup on paper, especially with the t- return of Isaiah Fonse. But that goes into this question, Coulter. Trey Anderson, we don't know what his status is for Saturday, whether he's going to be there, whether he's not going to be there. I am not going to be the dope who comes on here and says, is Montana State better off without Trey Anderson or are they not? That is dumb, okay? Anyone thinking that is dumb. Well, let me say that differently. Anyone thinking that, that is a dumb thought. You are not dumb. But nobody's thinking that. Everybody understands Montana State's better with Troy Anderson on the field. Montana State is better when he is available. But also, they can maximize how good they can be based on the way that they use him. And when they had to come out and didn't have him available and just had to line up and run it, it sort of put them in a mode of break the door down invincibility. And... I think that to do that and just use Troy Anderson in that capacity as well. I mean, imagine if you have the one, two of 20 runs from Isaiah Fonse and 10 from Troy Anderson, not as the quarterback, but as a running back. I mean, I I don't know why there hasn't been more of that. But also, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see if he isn't there, how much of a repeat we might be in in store for on Saturday in Bozeman of a team that just is going to go, hey, hey, Mitch, hey, Lewis. Let's let's go. Hey Isaiah, welcome back. Here's the ball. Off you go, and let's see what happens. And I think it's gonna, it's going to look. Even if you're playing that sort of defense, it's it's a it's a hard load to stop. It's a big task. And if you're used to having a 230 pound, you know, defensive end coming off the edge with great speed, getting to the quarterback. Mm, not much to do if he's not holding the football, you know? So I'm, I, that's, that is my concern if I'm looking at this through the Albany lens. And I'm also interested to know just what you think, first of all, Troy Anderson's availability will be or won't be. And also, how do you think would be best to use him if he is there for Montana State? Well, first of all, in, in almost every element of life, you have to do what you do best well and to the best of your ability, and getting spread too thin is going to hinder your ability no matter how talented you are, no matter what you do. It's one of the most basic business practices that there is. You, you, can't, you can't do everything until you do certain things at an elite level. When we first launched Skyline Sports, we had just been covering Montana State. We decided to cover the whole entire Big Sky Conference. We still do that, but we cover Montana and Montana State first, foremost, and best. Without and, and if the other stuff falls by the wayside, that's fine because we can present what we think is an elite product to the consumer without spreading yourself too thin and catering to diluting fan bases that, that just, they don't, I mean, we have hundreds and hundreds of people that want this content and one from Southern Utah, you know what I mean? Like, it's very similar to, can Troy Anderson go both ways? Can he play quarterback and running back and tight end and linebacker in a single division one football game? He can. He can. And he's so talented that he can do it all at a level that's higher than most people can do it. But he can't do it at his highest level. Mm. Troy Anderson would be best suited, in my opinion, to do one thing at an absolutely elite level, regardless of if that's play quarterback 
or running back or linebacker. If he was just one of those things, and, and again, I'm not criticizing Montana State for what they've done with Troy Anderson because we have a kid that's as special as him, and we, and and the whole the whole what if in this situation is what if he would have been healthy? What if he would have been healthy? They probably would have played him 65 snaps a game on defense, and then got him his touches here and there. They had to mitigate so much of his reps because he was just never healthy the whole year. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you in part of what you're saying. I think that I think. Centrally, what you're saying, I agree with completely. But I think that he is the type of guy who can play elite level to his... Again, okay, would he only be 95% of his best self defensively if he also took snaps at running back? Maybe. So I can get there with that, but that's okay. Like, if I'm a coach, I say, yes, play linebacker, Get your defensive keys. Maybe it's situational. And they've played him a lot of situational stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't need to go in and learn the entire defensive plan. You need to understand, hey, when it's third in a certain distance, when it's second in a certain distance, you're going to go in and this is what we're looking for. And then as a running back, I mean, he, again, it's not, it's, not, it's not so complex that you totally. don't know what to do. And again, a lot of it is just feeling what he is. And I want to say, too, at the beginning of this season... I said multiple times on the record, I thought that Jeff Choate owed it to Troy Anderson just for perhaps his professional future, but also his life in general, to not just run him into the ground. And when I say that, I mean that just in general playing football, not merely as a running back. But it would be so easy to play this kid 80 snaps a game if he's healthy and good to go. And you are going to to ruin anybody that you put out there that amount. And I think obviously he's been injured. Obviously he has had health issues this entire season, offseason, the whole thing. But I, I admire the job that Jeff Chode and that staff did in trying to use him in spots as best they could understanding his health you know, and uh, limitations as a result of injury and so forth and not continue to deteriorate that thing until it just couldn't go. And by the way, that did ultimately happen, but I don't think it was a result of overuse or of not being cautious of him or of not trying to take care of a kid as best as you can. It, it, you know, it resulted in this is what the game of football is, and this is the type of player that Troy Anderson is. So I don't think it was an overuse thing to me, and I think that that's good, and I think that that is you know, uh, uh, something that should be acknowledged about about. Uh, Jeff Choate and that staff and what they did and did well as far as I'm concerned. But I think he can play 30 or, you know, 30 snaps defensively and play 25 snaps offensively of which he touches the ball on half of those. You know, I I don't understand. If Troy Anderson's on the field offensively, he's getting the ball 93% of the time. I think that's crazy. I think that's why he's got so worn out. I mean, the two games where he got the most hurt were against Western Illinois and UC Davis. Right. But, and like, you have, the defense knows where's 15 every single time. Put him out there, let him chase him around, and send somebody else out. Totally. You know? And they did that a little bit, but I think they could do it regularly. I agree. I mean, after, after watching what I watched this year and talking to the NFL scouts that we sit by in Missoula, and having their feedback, I mean, I, I just think that there's a misconception on Troy Anderson. I think Troy Anderson's an offensive player at the next level. 
I do not think he's a defensive player at the next level. I think he could probably figure it out, maybe, but figuring it out is not really how it goes in the NFL. I just don't think he's going to have enough banked reps to be an elite operator as a linebacker. He has the athleticism to do it, certainly, and the size to do it, certainly. But the instinct to have the ball in your hands, the point guard, the whole... I mean, Troy Anderson's a scorer. That's what he is. He's a scorer. No matter what sport you're playing, he's going to score. He's Mm -hmm. going to win. He's winning the race, whether it's to the basket or to the finish line or to the goal line. Troy Anderson needs the ball in his hands. That's what I think. But that's here nor there. What I'm getting at with this whole analysis, though, is this. I think that there's a certain element of Montana State. You can, Again, you can never say that a team is better off without their best player. No. You can't. But they spread him so thin this year that when he was in the game, it was an all, almost an automatic requirement for him to make a splash play. There was no Troy Anderson's lining up in the slot and doing nothing. Just, just running a little fake route on a stick and you're running... Inside zone on the other side of the field. There's none of that. None. When he's in on offense, he's getting the ball. When you're coaching and managing the game, you're thinking, when's the next time Troy's going to go in? When's the next time we're going to give Troy Anderson the ball? What's Troy going to do when he gets the ball? And you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. The the distractions are the wrong word, but the necessity to give Troy Anderson the ball all the time or figure out how you're going to get him his 10 touches while also trying to figure out how to manage his health and you know mitigate his reps while also trying to figure out what's the best positions to put him into play, what packages do we want him to play in on defense. It's very complicated, and they did a great job of it this year. I mean, he's a first-team All-League player by playing not really – he played almost full-time on defense, but not really, and he was first-team All-League. And so, that, I mean, that's a testament to the kid and the coaches, certainly. But I think that when he's not in, you don't have to spin yourself – Crazy thinking about what are all the things we could and should do with Troy Anderson. You can just say, well, let's just run inside zone with Isaiah and Fonse right. and run counter with Logan Jones and then run jet sweep with Tra- Travis Johnson and let's just do it. Hey, and look, man, in, in a ga- we've seen multiple games this year where they don't need Troy Anderson. Right. I mean, they, they got great players. Well, Aside and that, from and Troy that's Anderson. That's the other thing. That's the other thing that's so sad about him being hurt is that Daniel Hardy, who's his primary backup at, at Sam Linebacker, is a very good player who has a lot of upside. I mean, he has not been overmatched when he's been in the game this year. Mm-hmm. He, he's been just fine. I mean, he, and it's not like he's some upstart guy. I mean, he's a six foot three, 230-pound kid that they brought in from the junior college ranks who's a great athlete. I mean, watch their hype videos. The guy who's doing the backflips, the standing backflips, that's Daniel Hardy. I mean, he's a freak athlete. I've done a backflip, but it was an accident. And the other thing is, I think Montana State's best defensive package is when they play their big nickel. They play their big nickel, and they just exclusively play it because it gives them a chance to have JoJo Henderson and Jacque Allen both play at safety while also having Braden Conkle still on the field. And Conkle's such a versatile guy that he can play this Sam-slash-Rover spot and... There's not a mismatch when he's guarding the slot. There's also not a mismatch when he's in the box. There's not a mismatch when running backs cut back at him. It gives you so much more diversity. And I'm not saying Troy doesn't have that, but they just don't necessarily need it. as They want it, but don't need it, if that makes sense. Right. And on the other side of the ball, again, getting the dude who is a touchdown in a bottle on the field is a good thing. But you also have Isaiah Ifonsa. You also have Logan Jones. You also have Travis Johnson. You have all these weapons. So... To me, I think I don't know what Troy Anderson's status is. I highly doubt he plays this weekend. Mm-hmm. If there's a chance for him to come back at all this season, I think they need to not play him this weekend because if they do get through Albany, 
They're going to desperately need him at Sac State if he can play, assuming Sac State wins that game. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. By the way, Joe Mowley up coming up here in just about five minutes, uh, former head coach of uh, Coastal Carolina and uh, the head coach at the time that the Chanticleers came to Missoula in one of, if not the coldest game in college football history. But what you said is exactly what I, I don't understand. And look, again, I'm always going to defer to football coaches who do this professionally. But you want to res- preserve the guy. But like you said, you want to get him his 10 touches, of course, when he's in. But why... So play him at quarterback, and guess what? Let him turn and hand the football off. Or send him on a fly sweep and don't give him the football. Like I understand you want to have guys on the field that are going to block for the guys that are actually going to get the ball, but deception is a major part of football, and Certainly. who could be a bigger deceiver to a defense than the guy that everybody is keyed on, and you need a guy to get a block or a guy to get two sets of eyeballs looking the wrong direction, which is just as good, if not better. Now, that's not going to happen if he literally never touches the ball, of course. Totally. But there, there was also There also was an element of deception in the middle part of the year before he really re-injured that shoulder. It's so hard to remember every play in a football game, and if there's not a stat attached to it, it's almost impossible. There was a game in the middle of the season, I believe it was either this, it was a home game. I for sure remember because I remember taking notes, but it's even foggy in my mind as somebody that does this and writes down every single play. I I can't remember if it was against, I think it was against Sacramento State where Troy Anderson took 25 snaps at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he did. And he did not have 25 throws or 25 runs. He did hand the ball off. Hand he, the ball off. They, they have option. done it. They have they've used, they have used him in roles of decision. I'm not saying it's never happened, but what I am saying is, by and large, again, I said 93 percent. It's an estimate. Maybe it's 88 percent, but an overwhelmingly large number of times when he's in the game on offense, he is getting the ball, and it's for him to do what he does. One more point that's worth mentioning. <laughs> this is one thing that I just love about Coach Choate is that he teaches you so much about football if you really just listen to him. Mm. And I think that there's all sorts of crazy, not crazy, just broad assumptions that are made all across the board. Like we talked earlier in the first hour about how I think it's just assumed because everybody says they take it week to week that everybody does prepare on the same level week to week. And that's just not true. The best programs do prepare way more consistently and at a way more consistently high level than other programs in the country. That's why they're better. It's it's a tried and true formula, but the assumption is incorrect. I also think there's an assumption that 
the communication and the scope of a football game, the, the ability to make adjustments, the ability for coaches to communicate, especially when half of them are in the box and half of them are on the sidelines, is fluid and flawless. It's not. We watched multiple games in Missoula this year where the replay didn't work. It straight up didn't work. The officials could not go to the replay booth because it did not work. Well, after the North Dakota game, which was a disaster for Montana State's offense, they looked horrendous. I mean, they had 245 yards rushing, but more than half of those came on four plays that were gas plays. The rest of it, they looked... And it was truly the only actually bad game that Montana State had. Totally, and and, and they would even admit that, too. I mean, like Choate said, it was our October to forget, capped by that game. But they made a very subtle and uh, very unpublicized adjustment. They put Matt Miller on the field. And Matt Miller and Brian Armstrong, the offensive line coach, who's also the run game coordinator, are now both on the field together. And they left Nate Potter, the tight ends coach, and Denarius McGee, the quarterbacks, or excuse me, the running backs coach, who used to be the quarterbacks yeah. coach, who was an all-time great quarterback at Montana State, up in the box. And they let they used to have Denarius on the sidelines because Denarius is such a fiery rah-rah guy. But then they figured out, okay, in terms of the way we need to rotate our players, we know who our running backs are. It's going to be Logan Jones and Isaiah Afonso when they're healthy, and then we're going to have some Lane Sumner in there. It's not where you're playing six or seven receivers. It's not all this other crazy rotation. Right. And because of that, then, I mean, Choke talked about it earlier this week. Sometimes it's really hard to communicate on the headsets. I mean, Lewis Kidd talked about before there was some question, what's the call? What's the call? When you're trying to get it in in the heat of battle and you're trying to play at tempo, confusion and misalignment and and not being on the same page is one of the worst things that can happen to you. Since they moved Matt Miller to the field, they've been outstanding on offense. Mm. I think that's because between snaps, Matt Miller and Brian Armstrong can collaborate. What are you seeing? And they have two guys that are really good at adjusting on the fly, and that's what's given them such a great advantage in the run game. And I think that's going to give them another advantage on Saturday. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We put a bow for now, for today, on Montana State. When we come back, we talk about Coastal Carolina, of all teams. A uh, memory that many Grizz fans would care not to have, and yet a certain analogy with a warm-weather team coming to play a December game in Missoula in the playoffs with southeastern Louisiana. Coming in this week, Joe Moglia going to join us, former head coach of the Coastal Carolina Shot to Clears and the chairman of the board of TD Ameritrade. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. We go down to the Rankins Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the uh, former, now former, head coach of the Coastal Carolina Shot to Clears, Joe Mowgli. He's also the chairman of the board of TD Ameritrade, former CEO of uh, the uh, the firm trading in Wall Street. Joe, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. How are you? Guys, I'm good. I can't tell you how excited I am to be on. 
that was an incredible memory for me five years ago. Yeah, well, we wanted to uh, visit that with you as Montana. Welcome in, in C- southeastern Louisiana this Saturday. Uh, a warm-weather team obviously coming from the bayou to play the Grizzlies. Uh, but it's not going to be nearly as cold as it was the day that, that uh, your Coastal Carolina team visited Missoula. So we wanted to talk to you about that. What do you remember about that day and preparing for that and looking at, you know, knowing that you were going to be coming to uh, uh, one of the coldest spots in, on the, on, in America that day? Well, I mean, I, I, frankly, the number one thing I remember is that we were freezing our ass off. Number two, it turns out to be the coldest game in the history of college football. I mean, the actual temperature was minus seven. The wind chill was minus 26. And most of the time, it was minus 26. And, um, uh, and as we started to think about the game, I mean, both Montana and we, I think Montana was ranked fourth at the time. We were ranked seventh at the time. And um, we thought we had a pretty good season. But we are in South Carolina, and we're in the Myrtle Beach area. I've got 15 guys on, on my team that don't even have coats. I have, I, I've got a number of handful of guys that actually have never been in snow, and we've been practicing the 72-degree weather. So there was a little bit of a sense kind of coming over us as we were getting ready for the week. And we've had a great season, but, you know, we're not going to be able to compete that type of temperature because we're not going to be able to acclimate. So that was a little bit the way all this began. When you are preparing to come across the country and come to a foreign place, but then all of a sudden you look at the weather, and it's not just going to be different, but it's going to be to the maximum extreme. How does that influence just the way that you try to prepare your team during a week? Well, I think, well, I think one of the things that was a plus, we knew in the beginning of the week it was going to be that cold. And one of the, there were rumors that, that the NCAA was going to postpone the game. I mean, it was that cold. But, um, but the, to, to understand how, how we prepared the, for the game, guys, you need to understand our leadership philosophy. Um, there are a couple of things that Coastal Carolina does that no one else in the country does. The first is we don't have any rules, literally no rules. There's not a team in the nation that can say that. That, was, that, 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 that certainly was true of us. And, uh, but we have a standard, and that standard is touches pretty much anything that, 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 that could be part of one's life or, 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 or playing career or professional career. And that's you stand on your own two feet, you take responsibility for yourself, you always treat others with dignity and respect, and you live with the consequences of your actions. Period. That's it. That's all we've got. Now, we call that bam, be a man. But it's not some tough macho guy. It's a real man does take responsibility for himself. A real man, a real leader, a real woman does treat others with dignity and respect. And they all have the wisdom to recognize you're going to live the consequences of your actions. So, so when I, I sensed that we were already kind of saying, well, we'll go up there, we'll give them our best, but you know, realistically, we're not going to have much of a chance of this. First of all, uh, Montana is really pretty good, but those elements are going to be just too much for us. Well, the reality is once you start to say that the weather is going to be a reason why you know, it may not work out, then you subconsciously let yourself off the hook. BAM doesn't allow you to do that. So I remember that Sunday we're sitting around our, our meeting room, and I sensed this from, from the staff, and I asked, well, what's the matter? And we, then we started, get, started to, to, to get into the issue of weather. I said, well, let's not worry. I mean, we've been playing 13 games, so let's not worry about the game plan per se. Let's figure out how we're going to handle the weather. So what we actually did was we reached out to contacts uh, with people that, that had done research in the Arctic, and we said, uh, how, how do we handle this? What do we do? We're going to be in incredibly difficult conditions uh, for, you know, three hours or so. How are we going to be acclimated? How are we going to be able to handle that? And, uh, and every day that week, 
We spent 30 minutes of practice with the team working on the cold, and we spent every day talking about it as a staff. Uh, and I'm glad to share actually what we did. There were two or three things that we did that really made an incredible difference in the game. What, yeah, what were those things? What did you do that, 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 uh, that, that got you over the hump that way? All right, so, so now there are, there are rumors that uh, we had chicken soup. Well, there was nothing, nothing that wouldn't freeze. So literally, our president, we did have a big crowd going there. The, the president, some of the people that were there, they went out to Missoula the night before, and they, got, they bought every thermos that Missoula had. And we made <laughs> hot chicken soup, and everybody had a thermos. And in that thermos was hot chicken soup. So at least we're able to reasonably hydrate with something that wasn't frozen. Now, that's one little thing. We did many, many things. But the biggest thing we did, guys, was um, we went out and we rented torpedo heaters. They're like little jet engines. And we didn't let the team sit on the entire bench. We just took one bench. And it sat maybe 12 people. And, um, uh, and, and, and so, so the first thing usually a player does, as I'm sure you guys would know, uh, they come off the field, they, they would, would take the helmet off. Well, we practice all week. You don't take the helmet off when you come off the field until you get to the bench. So the guys that are getting off the bench that are going to the game, they give the pocket to the guys who are going to sit down. The guys sit down. Once you sit down, you're not allowed to do it beforehand, you take your helmet off, you put it between your feet. Now, remember, we, on each end of the, of the bench, we've got torpedo heaters. Above their head, we have, like, radiant heaters. So, 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 so by the time you actually get ready to go back in the game, your feet were warm, your helmet was toasty, and the radio heater was keeping your head and your shoulders and neck warm. So we go back into the game, and we're actually warm, and we got to last for three or four or five minutes. Uh, they, that, that, was, that was probably the single most significant thing that we did that really, really mattered. Uh, now, uh, there, there, there's another, uh, and there, there, there is another important thought about this, that I'm happy to share if you'd like me to. Sure. Okay. So I'm very proud to be part of the coaching profession. But because of my background, we do things that are very, very different. Just for example, there are no rules, but the standard. All right, so how do most coaches, and I don't know how Montana handles specifically, but how do most coaches handle it when the conditions are bad? You know, they say, oh, we got to do a better job with your base. you got to do this, you got to do that. But most coaches are going to say something along the lines of, you know what, this is, this is a mental thing. This is, you know, don't worry about the rain. Don't worry about the cold. Don't worry about the heat. You know, we're going to make sure you're hydrated. We're going to make sure we're this. We're going to make sure we've got little coolers on the sideline when it's hot out. You know, but you've got to be tough enough to be able to handle this. You've got to be man enough to be able to handle this. This is, this is, you can handle the cold. Well, I have no doubt. By the way, I checked in December. I checked back then. In December, you guys have, like, you know, the temperature average in the 20s. So you've never experienced anything like this. Nobody's ever experienced anything like this. So, so, uh, and, and if you, re- you remember the, the newspaper articles, they were calling you guys the Cowboys and we were the Beach Boys. <laughs> and every article said, you know, the, the Cowboys, the Grizzlies of Montana who live there, who live in the mountains, who were part of this, and we got these poor guys coming in. They have a pretty good football team, but they're never going to be acclimated. Again, we got guys that have never seen snow before and were practicing 72-degree weather. So, so most coaches have that attitude. Well, you know, you mind over matter. And I have no doubt that with regards to Montana, you know, that was part of it. These guys are not even going to be able to play with us. They're not going to be able to handle the cold. We can because we're tough and we're used to it. Nobody is used to minus 26 degrees. So we're there. We're all bundled up. we got a million things going on. 
And, uh, and again, I think our guys are as well prepared as they're going to be. And here comes Montana out in the field. And if you guys recall, they're wearing short sleeves. Yep. Yep. Once they came out in the field with short sleeves, then I had no doubt that that's what was being said to them by the coaching staff. They're so tough. They can go out short sleeves and they'll look at us. We got heaters all over the place. We got hot chicken soup. We're dressed up today. You can't even see the coaches on the sideline for where they have so much clothes on. Well, with that attitude, it's got nothing to do with being tough. It's got everything to do with being smart and take the responsibility for yourself. The issue that day was less the opponent and far more. How do you keep yourself reasonably warm with regard to hell-like conditions as far as the weather goes? And that's the way we approached it. <laughs> Joe Moglia joining us, the uh, former head coach of Coastal Carolina, is also the chairman of the board for TD Ameritrade. And, uh, Coach, I know you, you were mentioning this is something that you still, you, you obviously remember it vividly, but you were also returned to that game and that experience in some of the things that you do, some of the, the talks that you give. And you gave one recently at the University of Miami, I understand, that involved that very thing. Is that right? Yeah, that's actually right. So, so uh, it was, I gave a leadership talk Monday night at the University of Miami, and it was very, very well received. So uh, when, when I talk about leadership, I, talk, I give them that standard, guys. You're standing on two feet. The great leader stands on two feet, takes responsibility for himself, treats other with dignity and respect, loses the consequences of your actions. I explain I've done that in my personal life. I've raised three doors that way. That I did that. That was, the, that was the standard for my executive team, for the men and women in the business world, and that's the philosophy upon which we build the football program in Coast Carolina. But at Coastal Carolina, I got 125 guys. Then I got another 25 interns, analysts, coaches, et cetera. So I got 150 males. So that became be a man. But be a man is not some tough macho guy. That became it's a real man stands on their own two feet, et cetera. So so we call that Bam. So Bam's on the back of our jerseys it's in the stadium. It's in the cabs. On the way to it's in the locker room. It's on the way to practice field, et cetera. So uh, so there, there are no excuses. But it's easy for people to make, make excuses. So, for example, coaches and players. Uh, oh, that was a horrible call by the official. Well, once you say it's a horrible call by the official, you're subconsciously letting yourself off the hook because you didn't coach the guy well enough so he's not going to hold or whatever the case might be. Or the player wasn't disciplined enough. So you let the responsibility off on yourself. This happens again and again and again. Well, in this particular case, you know, it was the weather. So uh, when, when I talk about this, the best possible example I have in my personal life, my professional life, and my coaching life is that game on Montana because those type of conditions had never existed before and haven't existed since. And they became a subconscious excuse. And then I tell the entire story about the whole process of how we got ready for the game and anxiety in the beginning where we were going to, we were going to subconsciously allow the weather to be a reason why you know, we lost the game, but we could live with it because how can we possibly cope with the weather? So I use the Montana, the Montana story. I use the Montana story and what we went through as, as one of my finest examples of leadership where you take responsibility for yourself and you don't allow yourself mistakes. You know, guys, there are movies like Apollo 13. Who, those guys were never going to get back. But you know what? And Harris and the command said they never gave up and they got back. Hidden figures, you know, the African-American ladies with regards to NASA. You know, the odds that they were against were astronomical. But guess what? They never gave up. They figured it out. The odds that we were going against in terms of going from 72 degrees with guys that have never seen snow to minus 26 in, in Montana against a very, very good football team were astronomical. But you know what? We conquered those, we, 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 we conquered those odds. And that is something that I do use 
uh, in many guys, in many of my leadership talks. So Montana, frankly, comes up again and again and again. That's amazing. It is amazing. Well, Joe, we'll get you out of here on this. I didn't. I have covered the Big Sky Conference now for 13 years, and I didn't know about Coastal Carolina until you became the head coach in 2012, and then that 2013 year, uh, sort of a breakthrough year for you guys, winning a couple playoff games. But since then, Coastal Carolina has just been on this upward ascension, and you guys have gone all the way from not even having a football program back in 2002 to now being in the FBS. So how much do you think that specific playoff run, the trip to Missoula included, spurred your guys' ability to then make the jump? And what does it take to make the jump as rapidly as you guys did from the FCS to the FBS? Well, I think a lot of times, guys, when somebody, when a team wants to go from the FCS to the FBS, you know, they apply, like the most time they turn down. Because of the success we had in football, we were approached about joining the FBS. So we're, we're actually pretty flattered and pretty, pretty proud of that. But the Montana game, to me, reinforced the leadership principle of band. Right? You take responsibility for yourself. You do not subconsciously allow excuses to get in the way. And I can't think of a better example than that. So that, so, so that cemented for the program. It existed and it was a solid foundation. But that cemented that foundation. That really, really made that stronger. And we just continue to build from there. So in terms of how do you transition from the FCS to the FBS, I mean, there were some great programs in the FCS that are really, really well coached, as well as any program in the FBS. But the FBS is 85 scholarships. Oh, we have 63 scholarships. So in that transition, and you don't, you're not, you're not able to get there right away. The NCAA doesn't give you any breaks on this. It takes you a little while. So last season, my last season, the first really full year there, we only had, we were only up to 68 scholarships, and we're playing everybody's got 85. This year we probably had about 70 or 75. We're going to be pretty close next year. We will be above 80. But what happens then over time? It's not that the coaches. I mean, uh, our coaching staff and what we do. We could do that at any program in the country and, and want to be successful with. I have, I have no doubt about that. But what does happen is you do have players that would have loved to come to Coast Carolina, but they're only going to go to the FBS level. So we don't get them. Well, we get them now. And now we've got players that are only going to play Power 5. But, okay, you know, but we get, we're getting legitimate FBS players. So what happens is, over time, the FBS talent starts to substitute for the FCS talent. So uh, last year we had a great recruiting class. This year's was better. I hope the one we're going to have going forward will be every bit as good. So you can see the younger kids coming in, and we're a very young team, younger kids coming in, replacing great kids, but FCS talent with FBS talent, and that's basically how you get to the point where you, where you wind up legitimately competing. And you know, we will do a good job in the next year or two you know, achieving that, and we'll, we'll certainly be able to compete. And, Joe, just quickly, I mean, you you just stepped down at the beginning of this year as the head coach there, and you, as we right. mentioned, you're still the chairman uh, of the board for TD Ameritrade, but what are you doing now in, in the role with the university, or what else are you trying to get into now that you are done with the head coaching specifically? Uh, the, the university asked me if I would stay on, and my title is chair of athletics, but I don't run athletics. The athletic director does, but I'm responsible for football. So football reports to me. Mm. I'm also responsible for it. And the other title they gave me, I'm executive advisor to the president. Because of my background, I do bring skill. I mean, our president has to run a board. Well, I already run a board. Uh, and, you know, the experience I've had in the business world and the experience I've had in education, experience, I mean, written a couple books, the experience that I've had in, in, in education and, and certainly my experience in coaching, Frankly, I, I'm pretty reasonably qualified to be able to play that role. So 
I'm executive advisor to the president, so I'm there when he leaves me. Uh, any discussions that we might have, and 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 uh, and football technically reports to me. Well, Joe, that's fantastic. Listen, you you went through this uh, really, really thoroughly and even educated the good folks of Montana here today a little bit. So we, we really appreciate that. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much for sharing with us today. And I wish you guys all the very best of luck against Southeast Louisiana. But let's not ever compare Southeast Louisiana going up and playing at 32 degrees. with what Carolina did at minus 26. That's, that's almost a 60-degree differential, guys. Fair enough? Fair, Fair enough. enough. You got it. Best of luck, guys. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Last month, November, I think we did like 10,000 downloads on the Two Tone and Wanna's podcast. That's pretty uh, pretty cool. We appreciate that. Everybody listening on the podcast that way. By the way, the new FCS Speculators podcast also out. Okay, week two of the FCS playoffs. All eight matchups uh, accounted for. So go out there and check it out. All right. It's time for our Katie O'Keefe's NFL picks against the spread. Thanks to our friends at Katie O'Keefe's uh, for, uh, you know, hooking us, hooking us up with a little bit of NFL talk. That's what I've been chosen for. If it was no, I say yes, let's do it. He said, okay, we'll do it. Thanks to Katie's. Uh, tonight, Coulter, Dallas is a three-point favorite on the road at the Chicago Bears. The Bears are A, capital A, atrocious on offense. They're going to win the football game tonight. The Chicago Bears at home in Soldier Field against the coachless Dallas Cowboys. I don't like this matchup at all. It's going to be ugly. I'll watch it in 4K. I'm into it. I got Chicago not just covering but winning this game straight up against Dallas tonight. It's a bad game to bet. I'll tell you this. I agree with you. It's going to go one or two ways. Now that Jerry Jones basically put it in the players' hands in Dallas, they're going to play their best game of the season and win going away, or they're going to completely Implode. not show up to yeah. play and get whooped. I think that a three-point spread is completely wrong because I think Dallas will either win this game by two scores or lose it by two scores. I'm choosing the latter. I got the Bears. The Baltimore Ravens are a five-and-a-half-point favorite coming off of all this just landmark victories. They're on the road at Buffalo Coulter. I'm going the other way on this. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills to cover. I think that Baltimore will win this game, but I think this is a low-scoring, close football game, even with the great, the best offense in football in Baltimore. Buffalo has an unbelievable defense. I think they find a way to at least stay with Baltimore a little bit at home. I think it's a big prove-it-to-me game for the Bills. I like the Bills to cover five-and-a-half points. 
Lamar Jackson has led touchdown drives on one-third of the possessions the Baltimore Ravens have had this year. It's insane. insane. And that includes the Patriots, the, the Niners, everybody. Yes. I got the Ravens. I'm okay. sticking with Action Jackson. I just think at some point you have just one game where it doesn't quite all come together and Buffalo could contribute to that. Kansas City at New England. This is the last game. The New England Patriots, a three-point favorite at home against Kansas City. I think New England probably wins this game. They probably bounce back. I do like Kansas City in this spot, though, a little bit. I think I'm taking the Chiefs to cover in a, in a high-scoring close game. I got the Patriots bouncing back after the embarrassing loss okay. to the Texans. We will up uh, this. It's Hawks Rams Sunday night. We'll have that for you on ESPN Radio. We're going to talk extensively about that game tomorrow, so fear not on that. Boys and girls, there you go. Arcadio Keefe's picks against the spread. We go. A little country, a little violin on our way out to a Christmas party on a Thursday evening. Boys and girls, have a wonderful Thursday evening out there. Stay safe. Enjoy yourself. We'll catch you tomorrow on a Friday. We'll wrap the week and get ready for some playoff football. To tell the Nuanas. Good night. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.